Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. All right, welcome back. This is Laurel, and we are back at our Marketplace Awareness, where every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon, we come live with uh, an expert, someone who has a lot to say about what's going on in the economy and its different asset class, or how to make money, just we're having conversations about money, making it, keeping it, and investing it with team. Today, I have just uh, an extraordinary gentleman. Jim Blasco's with me today. He's been on before, and uh, he was in the middle of his move. So now you see him in his house. I see uh, the stuff that's still got to go on the walls, Jim. So welcome back to our market awareness, and thanks for talking to us today about just digital currency and the market. Thanks, Laurel. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, we are just getting unpacked here, and I am home because of the coronavirus. We're still at stay-at-home orders, so that's where I am uh, here in Las Vegas. So you may see my kitty cats running around in here because, like I said, I'm home. That's awesome. So, Jim, talk a little bit about just who you are, what you do. I know you have uh, you're still doing your uh, radio show, right? Your Amazon radio show. Yeah, it's it's not actually a radio show. We're a radio station, so there's a lot of content out there. It's called BitcoinTalkRadio.com, and if you'd like to listen to it, you can just say Alexa, play Bitcoin Talk Radio, and it'll start right up. It's twenty four seven streaming. Been around since two thousand and fourteen. It's the first and was the first Bitcoin fully licensed, dedicated radio station. So what we do is we we have lots of podcasts, people that create content and put it out there on the internet. And it can be hard to kind of find all this stuff. So what we do is we bring all that content together and put it in one location. And it's, like I said, just as easy as asking for it to start on your Alexa device, and then you can just listen to it. And it's podcasts, price updates, the latest news updates. And because we think it's important, there's you know music in there popular music that people like. So uh, we think that's good for entertainment value to break it up. That way, it's not just stuff repetitive talk like CNN. <laughs> yeah. So Jim, there's so much, I mean, I'm sure that your screening and what goes on there is accurate stuff. I mean, talk a little bit about just that kind of decisiveness. There's so much crap, I'm going to say, out on the internet. Oh, How do people kind of weave through what's right and what's not? <laughs> You got to do a lot of research. It, it, it's really what it takes. You got to look into these different platforms and programs and cryptocurrencies that are that are happening because there's a lot of stuff out there that is just scammy. And uh, it can be really hard to pick apart the good stuff from the bad stuff. Thankfully, I, I'm a little bit different because I'll jump right into the code and start looking at it that way. And, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are like that. And uh, they point out, impurities, things that we see that don't look very good for that project. Also, there's known bad faces out there. And these are reoccurring people who constantly are putting out bad projects, things that don't really have any backing or go anywhere. So we're definitely on the lookout for that stuff too. Yep. Talk about um, how COVID's affected you. So how's it affected you? How's it affected the prices? Kind of what's going on out there with COVID? Well, it's interesting. You know, Bitcoin, everything, the stock market, it all took a hit right away. But Bitcoin's recovered pretty well to where it was. It's like ninety five, ninety six hundred dollars right now, doing pretty well. It's had a five percent 
increase each day over the last two days, uh, where, where it went up about $475 each day. So it was interesting at first. We've seen it take a hit when COVID came out and hit America. We've seen Bitcoin take a, a price dip, but you know, really it's come back faster than most things have. So that's a uh, real positive news about the future of Bitcoin. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see the, the future? I mean, do you see another dip coming? Is there uh, trends that folks that are listening need to know about? There's always going to be dips. Uh, Bitcoin's extremely volatile. So you have to understand that it's more of a long-term game. I, I don't really recommend Bitcoin for especially new people to make rapid, quick money. It's not, that's not really the purpose of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's more of a, it's more like a, a way of life. And there's going to be ups and downs in this. And just like life, there's ups and downs, right? Well, it, it's that way with Bitcoin too. The price is very volatile. But for those who are interested in like a long-term thing, it looks really good. Uh, most of the analysts believe that Bitcoin will reach into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is amazing because right now it's under $10,000. I've seen it go from $200 to $20,000 in just a matter of a couple of years. So that was pretty insane too. And now it's half of that high point. But the analysts believe, and I believe, and a lot of the others believe that Bitcoin's got a really bright future, especially as in long-term value of uh, digital currency being the first one. And now we're starting to see governments wanting to create their own cryptocurrencies, their own digital money, and uh, even our own country. And you're seeing everybody kind of backtrack on their stance against Bitcoin. Like the banks and stuff were really against Bitcoin and it made it very hard if you're a Bitcoiner getting a loan from a bank. Banks have this zero policy for Bitcoin sometimes. So they've given trouble, a lot of trouble because I'm a Bitcoin um, enthusiast and advocate and pioneer in, in the development software of it. So with that, you know, I'm seeing a major change as of last week, this week, really, JP Morgan, who is one of the most outspoken companies against yeah. Bitcoin, yeah. It's, it's decided they, they're now going to work with Coinbase. This is huge news, huge news. This means they are getting, okay, they're, they're starting to soften up. They're starting to work with Bitcoin. They're getting used to it. See, these big banks, they love the way things work because they make all the money, right? And Bitcoin is a way that eliminates these banks. It eliminates the need, or cryptocurrency eliminates the need for a middleman or a third party. You can hold your own financial funds by holding your own private keys, meaning you hold your Bitcoin yourself and you can put it wherever you want and keep it safeguarded from anything. And keep in mind, like FDIC only insures money up to 250K in the bank anyways, right? Right. So, I mean... This is a way that you can hold major amounts of money yourself. And really, we're seeing the change. Those who didn't like it, now they're starting to warm up and now they want to be part of it because they see it's going to take over and they need to get in before they're left behind and out of business, right? So yesterday alone, I was looking at some numbers on my phone a little earlier. Yesterday alone, Bitcoin had the equivalent of like moving a thousand tons of gold. That's how much traded hands on the Bitcoin markets yesterday. $178 billion was the market cap yesterday, Bitcoin, right? And the volume was $56 billion. That's how much moved. It's the highest in two days, 150% above last year's average. So we're seeing more and more people use Bitcoin on a regular basis globally. 
We're a little bit behind here, but that's because they want to hold back the technology here because they're in control of it. And that's where really this disruptiveness comes in. Yeah. So talk about the wallets and their unique uses. I mean, there's a lot of different wallets and kind of lead into the conversation, Jim, from, you know, folks that are just listening and, you know, been in that skeptical seat to like, so where should they start like a beginner? And then where, where like, do you go, you know, sure. where the more of the advanced users go? You definitely have to have a wallet. That's the, that's the first key. And there's several, several ways. There's actually a lot of ways to do it. There's really great ways, but it takes a little more work. And then there's simple ways. Like you can have a wallet on your phone. A lot of new people, they like to use a second device, not their main phone, but a second device. Mm -hmm. And they install something called the Edge Wallet. The Edge Wallet, which is an app that you can download from the Play Store. That was created by Paul Pui years ago. It used to be called Airbits. Now it's called Edge. It's a very, very nice wallet. It holds multiple cryptocurrencies and um, it's portable, right? Which is great. Uh, So for more technical users... We like to do things called QT wallets, you know, with this core wallet where you actually hold the entire blockchain on a computer. For Bitcoin, this can be quite large, but with other cryptocurrencies, it's still pretty small. It's pretty easy, relatively simple to do. You just need to run the program, let it connect to the internet, connect to other wallets that are on the network, and then download the entire blockchain, which it does all this automatically. It's not something that you have to do. You just have to run the program. That would give you an address. Once you know, once you have it, have it installed and running, you can get your address that somebody can send you your bitcoins or your other cryptocurrencies for whichever wallet this is. This is truly the best way to hold your own bitcoin. It's what people call holding your own private keys. And they say if you don't hold your keys, you're not holding your money. You know, not your keys, not your bitcoin is what they say. So this is really the best, safest way to do it. It takes a little bit of work or a little bit of time. It can take a couple of weeks to download the Bitcoin wallet, like maybe even up to a month, depending upon your internet access speed. But the other ones are pretty quick. You can download them in a relatively small amount of time. So um, Coinbase seems to be like the one that led and everybody's using it. Don't they take a lot of fees? Is that the downside? Sure. Coinbase is a... A centralized place that is kind of like a bank, you know, they're holding or an exchange, actually, they, they're holding your money, they're holding your Bitcoin, and you can do trading here, you can trade Bitcoin for Litecoin or Ethereum or something other cryptocurrency that you may want. So it's it's pretty nice. It's very convenient. It's It's a nice, easy way to do it online. The problem with this is that you're not holding your own money. They are. Like I said, they're holding your private keys. So you have to be careful here. I say this because I've lost a lot of money having it stolen from me with these exchanges that just disappear. Most recently. How does that happen? Talk about that a little bit. How does that oh, happen? Oh boy. Well, I, it I don't be, want to freak everybody out, but I think. Yeah, but I mean, it, this is very, you need to be aware. You yeah. have to be safe with your money, right? It's, yep. you don't take a, maybe a gold bar and leave it on your counter while they're cleaning your house, right? <laughs> so this, this, this is kind of the same thing. You have to protect your money. These exchanges sometimes get hacked. It's the worst thing that can happen. Somebody over in whatever country gets into there and and all your money's gone. And then the exchange shuts down because they don't have the funds to replace it. So this has happened several times and I've been a victim of it. My business partner, Michael Turpin, he's actually in a lawsuit right now with AT&T. He's suing them for $224 million because he was hacked. And it worked. It happened to us four times, actually. They literally 
went to AT&T and paid the representative to take the SIM card and put a new SIM card in a new phone and activate that with our phone number, a hundred bucks. And they stole over $24 million. So because of AT&T's involvement and all the losses and what could have been worth a lot more at the time is worth 24 million, but it could have been worth a lot more later. Michael's suing them for $224 million and it's going to go all the way that they AT&T tried to have it thrown out. And then the judge said, no, we're not, we're not tossing this out. You're liable here. That's interesting. So, I mean, speak to that a little bit. I mean, are any of the phone services safe to, to do some of your wallets on? Or any well, of like what I would do is you like can get a, phone? you can get a second phone. That's not actually on a carrier. It doesn't necessarily need to have a number. You can simply use the Wi-Fi of a device to carry your money. That'll allow you to hold it yourself at home. Now, if you want to go out and spend it somewhere in public, that's a different story. You're going to need to have it on a phone. So you can take, here's the good thing. Let's say you have five Bitcoins, right? You can take your five Bitcoins and put 4.5 of them or 4.75 of those Bitcoins on one device. And then you can put a little bit on your other device. So you need two devices, right? One that holds your main stash and then one that holds what you want to carry around with you, kind of like your cat. So that's one way to do it. Cool. That's how I would recommend having a second device for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I want to talk about coins that ICO, others that don't. Um, again, kind of back to that due diligence question. You know, there's been a lot of scams in the ICO space. So Yeah. It's almost with anything. There's, there's going to be scams in anything that's popular, no matter what it is. Any new technology, anything that comes out like this, especially something that involves digital money, right? So you have to be extremely careful. Uh, We've seen regulations step in heavily in the United States to prevent illegal operations. Still, some of them slip through. Eventually, they get nabbed by the SEC and they pay huge fines and they go to jail. This is scary, right? So even certain companies which have tried to do these things correctly, the laws are changing so fast because there never has been laws for doing digital securities. Right. So these laws have changed so quickly that some people who have tried to do things properly have actually had to pay humongous fees to the SEC. So again, like you said, do your due diligence, do your research, find out, look into these projects, look who is behind the projects, look at the names, research the names. You can do background checks on online pretty cheap, pretty easily. So, you know, you can look into these people to figure out who they are, what they do, what they're about. Have they been in the field for a while? Have they released anything else that was pretty good in the field that was successful? And uh, you just have to look into it before you put any kind of money into it. You really do. Look for the guys that have made other projects. That's what I can say. People that have done other projects that were successful and put their name behind it. One of the things we noticed originally in this space was... People weren't putting their face or their name behind their projects. They were just creating Mm -hmm. cryptocurrencies for no reason. There was tons of them. There was thousands of them all of a sudden. The exchanges didn't know what to do with all this stuff. So in a way, I'm I'm extremely happy that regulations have kind of done what they've done because they're protecting the people out there. So certain companies that are doing fundraising now, they're doing it the right way. So talk about the exchanges a little bit. You've mentioned that. For again, the the newbie that's watching, are there better exchanges, more common exchanges? Well, you know, there are. And and that's something that's also changing. There used to be a lot more exchanges in the United States. 
there's less now than there was before because of the regulations. Certain states made it extremely difficult to operate, New York being one of them. So what, what's happened is these exchanges have had to pay a lot of money in order to stay operational to the SEC and all these different state laws. They literally have to apply in each state to be able to operate in that state. One of those exchanges is Bittrex, B-I-T-T-R-E-X.com. Bittrex is an exchange that's been around for quite a while. It's basically U.S. regulated, and I found it to be a very, very good exchange. They have a lot more of the altcoins, which is the alternative cryptocurrencies, Mm -hmm. um, instead of just having the main ones. And what's good about that is a lot of times, some of the small ones, like small projects that have taken off in the last year, Mm They really haven't taken off too much yet because the market took a pretty big dive from 20,000. It, it went to 10,000 and then down to 4,000, but now we're back up to 10,000. So with that, there's a lot of these cryptocurrencies that are still pretty cheap. They're small and there could be some good opportunity there. And so talk about the difference between stakes and tokens. Well, stakes can mean all kinds of things. You can have proof of stake. You can have you know staking coins. And then you can have stake in a company. The stake has different different terminologies for what it really means. Yep. Just like fork can mean different things depending upon what you're talking about. So a proof of stake coin, some of them allow people to hold coins and it actually creates more coins just by holding those coins in the wallet. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of in- interesting. It's like interest. But at the same time, these coins kind of go against what Bitcoin was about to begin with, right? So Bitcoin was 21 million Bitcoins and that would be all there ever would be. It's 21 million Bitcoins. There would never be more, no inflation of new or more minted Bitcoin. It's not possible. The code doesn't allow this to happen. There can, that can never change. So there'll always be 21 million or less because lots of them have been lost and you know burned by accident and <laughs> numerous different things. But um, that's the max that there will ever be. With staking coins, it's always in supply. And in some ways, like I said, that's like inflation, printing money. Uh, And that goes against what Bitcoin was about. In other words, stakes in a company might mean you own a portion of that company, stake in that company. Now, the other part you asked about was token. Well, a token is kind of like something that runs on somebody else's platform or in somebody else's blockchain. For instance, Aspire is something I've been working on that's going to launch here in like two weeks with with everything goes well. We've been working on it for three years and we think we're there. We went mainnet the other day and everything is just going, it's going wonderful. So Aspire is a platform which lies over top of a blockchain that we built. Mm -hmm. So it's our blockchain, kind of like Bitcoin or kind of like Litecoin or kind of like any of these other cryptocurrencies. We have our own blockchain. And then we have a platform that over top of that, another software that allows people to come in and with a little bar coins, they can now create their own coin. And that coin runs on our blockchain and they never have to worry about mining or any of the technical stuff that we do in the background to make these blockchains work, right? So this is, makes it very simple and easy for people to have their own cryptocurrency. We call those tokens because they run on our block. So that's what a token is. Awesome. So talk about gold-backed. Um, I just have a whole list of questions about their gold-backed tokens or stakes. Like what's the mechanism that really has them gold-backed? They really know, gonna, like, it, this this again goes gold? back to like what the government did, right? You know, U.S. money was supposed to be gold-backed, but is it? I don't think so. 
So it's not the way that they print it. They're not finding gold and putting it in that vault, right? So we're not a gold-backed money anymore. And I love gold. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm wearing all kinds of gold. You know, I love gold. And I've stockpiled a little bit of gold because it's good to have. But I don't really get into buying cryptocurrencies that back gold too much. I really feel too good about it. I've seen a couple companies come out like BitGold and these other things, and they weren't legitimate. So I don't trust it. Well, and good. I'm actually glad you said that because I think uh, there's a lot of scams going on with that where people think they're getting these little digital cards and there's all this gold stored somewhere in the world for them. And yeah, I'd be very, very careful. I've seen one project that looks okay called Anthem Gold, but again, I'm not, I haven't put any money into it. I'm not, I'm not going to, Uh, it's a, it's a friend of mine, but I'd rather just own my gold physically and own my cryptocurrency. Yeah. So I can have Bitcoin and I can have gold. I don't want to have Bitcoin that or a cryptocurrency that backs a gold. You know, Bitcoin's not backed by gold. It's backed by the people who use it. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit about just blockchain. I mean, blockchain's been around forever. I think Bitcoin, would you agree, brought blockchain kind of to the forefront? But even though it's been around forever, why is it so yeah. important? Though? How Finne was this amazing computer scientist. Uh, He created the blockchain and he actually built it before Bitcoin was a thing. And people really didn't know what to use it for yet. It was kind of complicated and it was good software, but we didn't really know what to, and and how famous already for creating something called PGP, which stood for pretty good privacy. So this guy, he's old cryptographers. He's really smart. He unfortunately passed away. And a lot of people do believe he might have been the real Satoshi Nakamoto, the man who created Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So he definitely knew Satoshi Nakamoto and he said that he wasn't him, but he's the man who actually created blockchain technology and it's absolutely phenomenal. And what it is, is just, it's a readily viewable history of all transactions that have ever happened on the network. So everything is provable. If I send you, Laurel, a couple of Bitcoins, I can prove it to you instantly that, yes, I sent these coins to your address. Here's the address you said was yours. Here's where I sent them from and proof the link in between. And that's on the blockchain. And all these transactions just go in there and they fill up the block. And that's what creates the blockchain. Each one of these blocks can only hold so many transactions before the next block needs to start getting filled up. So what do you see the future? Blockchain, crypto, digital currency. I think it's interesting that COVID, the countries, the US and Canada have both announced that they're going to come out with a digital currency because God forbid you touch cash anymore because of, you know, germs. They've been planning this for years, if not, you know, I shouldn't say decades probably, but they've been planning it for a long time. So what do you see the future in how this is going to really roll out? It's happening. It's happening faster than I thought it would, Me too. Uh, especially the way the government fought it, the way, well, not the government so much, but the media and the banks, the big banks and the big banks own the media. We, we all know that. Right. Yeah. So they've never really put out a lot of good news because they've tried to hold Bitcoin back as much as they can. They've done their best to, to hold Bitcoin back and to slow the process of it, the progress, because they don't control the majority of it in any way. They're not even close to it. At one time, the U.S. government was actually the largest holder of Bitcoin, but they auctioned it all off. They sold most of it to Tim Draper years ago. But um, it's happening. They see that you can't pass diseases with digital money. 
You can't get sick. You can't catch COVID from cryptocurrency. It's funny. I, I was actually, I'm writing a song because I work with a lot of different, very famous musicians from my past history. And um, I'm writing a song. I'm kind of putting together a little super band to record a song about Bitcoin and Aspire and how crypto, you can't get sick from cryptocurrency. <laughs> so, yeah, we're and it's going to be, you know, really neat. It's going to take a few months, but we're working on it. But uh, yeah, it's true. You you know, they really want they want want to roll out digital money to the masses, but they want it to be their own digital money. So it's going to be their own blockchain, and most likely, this is going to be more like a stable coin where it has a, a set price of a dollar, you know, value or something like that. I do see it being like that. So I don't think it's going to be like a really good investment. At some point, they're going to force everybody to convert from paper money to digital money, which They'll call the dollar at some point. It'll be the dollar coin. Yep. And so what do you see happening with all of the paper money that is printed in the world? China holds tons of it. How do you see that transition, just in your opinion? It'll take time, but they'll slowly just, I believe, a lot of us, we're maximalists. You know, we believe that cryptocurrency will just change everything. And, you know, eventually it's going to take time. But I think in the next 20 years, that, that money will be gone probably sooner. You know, maybe 15 years. I didn't expect Bitcoin to go this fast as it has already in cryptocurrency. I didn't expect this. When I got involved in this in 2010, I didn't expect it. We were almost homeless at that point. It was, I was working two jobs. I owned Las Vegas, low voltage. I was struggling. It was so tough. The economy was so bad. And this this idea of this digital money seemed so smart to me. So I got involved in it. And I was selling Bitcoins for a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars. When it got to a hundred dollars, I thought, oh my God, this is crazy. And then it went out of this world and I took 40 Bitcoin and went and bought a Lamborghini with it. it <laughs> so, it, you know, and that was just for me to prove to the world that, hey, this thing is very much for real. And here's my car. And I didn't really have to pay a dollar for it. You know, I paid with Bitcoin. So it, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, how fast it'll happen? Probably faster than I expect. But will there always be some need for paper money? Probably. But I think it'll become more of a collectible like baseball cards or comic books or like old money now. Like they've replaced money how many times, right? Old right. money has more value than new money. Yep. Yep. What do you see with the exchange rates? I mean, to me, that's the, I've traveled all over the world. I don't even know how many countries at this point. Don't you th- see it just leveling the country playing fields? Uh, it sure does. I mean, how annoying is it when you go and you fly to Europe and now you got to trade for yep. euros, right? But then if you go to London, now you got to trade for pounds, yep. right? And each time you're getting less and less and the fees are ridiculous, you know, yep. especially in the airports, they just nail you. Yep. So Bitcoin is borderless. It doesn't really have any boundaries this way. I mean, they don't like the idea that you could carry your Bitcoin with you anywhere in the world, but you could. Yep. And uh there's ATM machines all over in the world. I once did a video. It took me a day and a half or two days, but I made a video of us in Amsterdam selling Bitcoin. And this was 2017. It was a little bit of a, of a thing to do, but I was able to sell it. And I've been able to go almost anywhere in the world and, and sell Bitcoin. Good for you. Talk about some of the projects you're working on. Um, so I've gotten to know you more working on a project with some of the folks I know. So talk about uh, Talent Joe and uh, is Aspire going to be a big part of how Talent Joe is going to roll out and 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aspire will become part of like Talent Show's 3.0 phase where where Talent Show will allow people to have create their own cryptocurrencies or tokens, basically, like we talked earlier about. Uh, that's a really, really neat idea and a very good way for people to brand themselves. They'll be able to create new band coin and any band on there could make their own coin. Let's call them just end coin for an example. And they can make new band coin and they can distribute it to everybody on the entire platform at one time. They give everybody one or two or 10 or five, whatever coins they want, tokens they want. They can spread them instantly, which is immediate brand awareness to all those users. And you're going to see people trading their coins like crazy on there, which is kind of neat. You know, just tipping each other and giving them away and just spreading themselves as, as artists on there. Then... If one of these artists actually takes off, and I'm sure there is, I'm sure there will be, they're going to have this branded coin that it may be a collectible, but maybe they take it for meet and greets at their concerts or, you know, whatever it is that they do. So we're seeing we're seeing some of that type of stuff come down the, the pipeline. We're, we're seeing the idea start to roll out. It's very cool. I'm, I'm very much a part of Talent Joe. They, they brought me in as the CTO and originally just to build a blockchain for them. They wanted their own blockchain. They take it serious. And we built that blockchain, which is going to be launching wallets at the end of this month and distributing the talent coins out. That's just the f- second phase of Talent Show. Uh, th- that company has so much going on. We, we could do like a two-hour segment about them alone, really, because um, Walter has been just killing it. He's been making contacts. He's brought in developers for the website that, I mean, I saw... I saw the new site yesterday. The sign-up process is unbelievable. People are going to want to do this. They're going to want to get their kids involved. There's kid protection. Let's say an 11-year-old kid, he's a great guitar player or singer, whatever. The parents are going to have to control that kid's page. That's just to to be, you know, for safety for these kids because we want to protect these kids. We don't want weirdos coming in and you know, making weird contacts. So the only people that'll be able to contact them are official licensed talent professionals in the industry, people from Hollywood, you know, that are looking for actors or actresses or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very, very cool. They're laying it out very great. I love it. I'm very excited about it. I see lots of very good things happening from Talent Show in the next, I'd say, six months, eight months. We're going to see big things. Yeah. I wish I could tell you more, but like I know some, I can tell I can tell you have all this stuff to tell yeah, us about. It drives me crazy, but it's it's wonderful. It's really great. And, and Aspire, it's kind of like how Bitcoin was the killer app for blockchain, like we were kind of talking about earlier. Talent Joe is like the killer app for Aspire. It really is. Like Aspire is this great technology, but Talent Joe is going to put it to use. Awesome. So the ups and downs, it's going to ride quite a you know a wave. Uh, what would you tell people kind of as a final words of advice, insight, guidance? Yeah. Well, obviously I can't give financial advice because I'm not a financial advisor, right? So make your own decisions yourself, but you know, make wise decisions. I would say cryptocurrency is it's here. It's, it's proven it's here. It's, it's enormous and it's much bigger than we ever thought it was going to be this quickly. Uh, We always expected it to, to expand very largely, but this has happened rapidly. And it's a good thing because it's it, the adoption is happening. It's happening everywhere. And, and like I said, it's borderless. It's your own money. 
nobody can take it away from you like that. You know, like your bank account for whatever reason can just be seized, held, whatever it is. They can't do that with this stuff. You own your own cryptocurrency. It's it's in your hands or wherever you put it. Yeah. So I think it's one of the best best investments ever. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, but for me, I can tell you it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I expect a lot more of it. And as technology gets better and better, because we're building these blockchains and this was all experimental software. We really had no, no book. There was no Bible that said, here's how it works. Here's how it's going to work. It's all been experimental. So we've done a lot of blockchains. We've built a lot of things to try to figure out what works best. And we're getting better and better and better results out of it. We're building better technology, better blockchains. So things are getting good. I'm really excited about the future. I wouldn't be surprised if the government decides to call us and say, hey, will you help us build a blockchain because we know you build solid stuff? I I believe that's the future. And well done, huh? Thanks. Yeah. So um, last question. You're in Nevada. I'm not, you're Southern. I'm Northern. What are you hearing about this walkout of uh, COVID and what's going on down there? Um, I'm uh, one of the assets I hold is uh, the uh, black hole. So uh, the Vegas Raiders, right? The big fan group. I'm one of the owners of that. And uh, what's going on down there? I haven't been down there. Um, is it opening up slowly? Today's the yeah. 15th. We're, we're, well, the first thing there's cars everywhere. So people are out. People want to get out. The summertime is here. It's hot in Vegas. People want to get out. And apparently, you know, they said that the sun hits the COVID and it just kills it, you know, in minutes. So people want to be outside. I'm seeing people everywhere. We're still staying home just because they're ordering us to. They're telling us stay home, you know, only go out for necessities. So we're just taking it easy. But it looks like the casinos are opening up. Um, New York, New York's going to open. But what we're hearing is, I might not be able to just walk into a casino anymore, or at least not right now, uh, even when they open. And here's why. I think you're going to have to be a guest at the casino. I'm told that you're going to have to wear masks 24-7 or while you're on the floor near the gambling or anything. You'll have to wear a mask. You won't be able to drink your alcohol on the floor. There'll be no restaurants, no, no clubs, no dancing. You'll have to order all food to your room. So it's going to be kind of tough for Vegas to recover like this. People don't want to be told on vacation what to do in Las Vegas. They just want to be free and experience a good time here. Yep. So it's going to take a little while. I think we'll reopen pretty quickly. I think that Vegas is going to struggle with this like metered way of, of only letting people in if they're staying there. I think they're going to have trouble with that. So I think we'll quickly. Let's just hope that we do it safely. I agree. Jim, thank you for being on. I appreciate you and uh, look forward to go to Raiders game soon. I really do. See you there. Yeah, we'll have to go together. That'd be awesome. And uh, look forward to uh, just uh, watching the projects and uh, continue uh, in conversation with you. Thank you, Laurel. I appreciate you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. 
for some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Thank you.